history rarely remembers the names of ordinary people. But how they live on this land, their loves, hates, losses and struggles, are significant components of history. And that's what makes a box full of 1,700-year-old letters found in the Chinese town of Dunhuang so incredible. In that box are two letters written by an ordinary woman named Miunei, who lived in Dunhuang with her daughter at that time. Hello, welcome to this episode of the Why We Love Dunhuang podcast. I'm Graham Stevens. In this episode, follow me to the ancient Silk Road and sense the life of those people who travelled along the Silk Road to Dunhuang. To my noble lord and husband, Nanny Dad, blessing and homage on bended knee as is offered to the gods. And it would be a good day for him, whom I see you healthy, happy, and free from illness, together with everyone. And sir, when I hear news of your good health, I consider myself immortal. This is one of the letters found in Dunhuang, written by a woman named Mi Wunei, about 1,700 years ago. She was writing to her husband, a Sogdian merchant, who left her and their daughter for a business trip three years ago. Never heard from and nowhere to be found since then. But Miwane never gave up her hope of family reunion. Her homeland, Samarkand, or Sogdia at that time, was thousands of miles away from Dunhuang. The Sogdians, a people of Iranian origin, were an important link in the commerce of the Silk Road between the 4th and 9th centuries. From their home in the region near today's Samarkand in Central Asia, Sogdian merchants travelled across Eurasia. Why those Sogdian merchants were travelling between East and West dates back to centuries earlier. During China's Han Dynasty, as part of a broader strategy to try to militarily defeat the nomadic Huns, Emperor Han Udi twice sent his envoy, Chang Qian, to the regions to the west of the Han Dynasty-controlled territory. One journey took place in 138 BC, and the other happened 19 years later. For a long period from then on, the land trade routes that linked China to South Asia, West Asia, Europe and North Africa remained protected by the Han Dynasty. Chang Tien's journey was recorded on the walls of the Mughal Caves. On the west end of the north wall of Cave 323 are scenes of Chan Qing bidding farewell to Emperor Han Wu Di and leaving for the western regions on a diplomatic mission. Emperor Wu Di is seated high on horseback. In front of him is Chang Qian, who kneels down with a scepter in his hands. Above is a scene of Chan Qing going further and further. On the top corner are pictures of the city walls in the Western region style, and in front are two monks who were welcoming Chang Qian. Chang Qian reached the areas known as Central Asia today. The journey opened the Silk Road between Central Asia and China. Prior to Chang's first diplomatic journey, Chinese silk products had already made it sporadically to the West. 
people in the West knew nothing about silk when it first appeared. However, it conquered the hearts of Roman residents with its beauty and soft touch. During the Han Dynasty, the price of one kilogram of Chinese silk reached as high as one kilogram of gold in Europe. Each year, the Roman Empire spent up to 3,000 kilograms of gold purchasing silk products. In order to access more gold, the empire resorted to wars. The huge profit in silk products attracted numerous business peoples from Samarkand, a city in today's Uzbekistan, to trade in silk. Their footsteps reached the majority of the Eurasian continent, and they became the undisputed winners in this trade. The trade route that transported silk products from China to Europe was named the Silk Road by German geographer Baron von Richthofen in the 19th century. The Silk Road helped unravel the mystery of ancient China. Chinese tea was once sold abroad with the name of Oriental Leaves. Exquisite porcelains and silks were introduced to Southeast Asia, South Asia, and even reached the distant Arabian world, Europe, and the east coast of Africa. Meanwhile, precious spices, pearls, and colored glazes were brought back to China. Dunhuang is a key stop along the Silk Road. It was inhabited by Hans, Sogdians, Turks, and Uyghurs. People of different ethnicity and religions peacefully got along with each other, and it was this inclusiveness that led to the prosperity of the city. The unique look of silk traders from Samarkand, their high nose bridges, their sagging eyes, and their bearded faces were recorded on the walls of the Magao Caves. The wallpaper on Cave 296 of the Magao Caves depicts a caravan reminiscent of the ancient civilization on the Silk Road. During China's northern Chu dynasty in the 6th century, two scarfed businessmen from China were crossing a bridge with a team of fully loaded horses and yaks. On the other side of the bridge was a foreign trader with two camels. There was going to be a long, arduous journey across the Gobi Desert, so horses and yaks had to be replaced by stronger camels. Many unexpected troubles might be waiting for you when you travel across the desert. A common problem is lack of water, and a possible encounter with bandits is another. An unknown painter highlighted these issues on the walls of Cave 45. More than 1,000 years later, we can still sense from the paintings the nervous feeling on the part of the traders when they met bandits. On an ordinary day in 312 AD, an ancient postman left Dunhuang for Samarkand, a destination on the other side of the Gobi Desert, carrying eight letters, including Miune's letter to her husband. That was supposed to be a very normal journey along this trade route, which had been busy since the era of Emperor Han Wudi. However, an accident occurred. None of the letters ever reached their intended destination. Today, it's impossible to figure out what exactly happened. However, what can be figured out is that the postman was a pretty responsible person. When the accident happened, he managed to bind eight letters together with a ribbon 
before storing them within a safe watchtower. Those letters were buried under sand until a British man discovered them in 1907. Now they're a rare glimpse into the life of Silk Road merchants living 1,700 years ago. Also, a glimpse into the love and pain of an ordinary woman at that time. There's no clue of what exactly happened to Miwane's husband, but we do know something about her and her daughter. We will rejoin this heart-touching story later. So how were those letters discovered? Who found them? What other legendary stories can be told alongside the ancient Silk Road? Well, we will tell you more in Why We Love Dunhuang. Special thanks go out to the Dunhuang Academy and San Liang Chongdu for contributing to the content of this podcast. If you like the show, do give us a five-star rating or a review. I'm Graham Stevens. See you next time on Why We Love Dunhuang.